Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with... Kim. And also with... Kendall. And Kendall and Kim are oddly related. <laughs> Explain. Well, we're not oddly related. Well, we're just related. You're both pretty odd. We are odd. This is true. <laughs> Kendall is my daughter. So there we go. There you go. Yeah. So Kendall is um, getting ready for her senior year of college, right? Yes. At the University of Delaware. What's your major? Um, a psychology major with two minors, um, one in sociology and one in health and wellness. So you're really bored because you're not doing much, obviously, (laughs) with that major and those two minors. Wow. Okay. And you also are a college athlete. Yes. uh, I play on the club ice hockey team at my school. So was ice hockey something that came into your life early, mid, late? How did you end up on the ice? Uh, Yeah. When we were about 10, me and my sister had tried to buy every sport under the sun, and we realized we hadn't played ice hockey yet, so we had to try it. (laughs) And convinced my parents to let us try it, and it started out local, and then we found ourselves stretching more and more, so we ended up playing travel hockey in Jersey all of high school, and then even joined a high school team in Pennsylvania, too. Wow. Okay. And they're they're centered in Delaware, so there was a lot of time on the road yeah. to make that happen. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. And so tell us, how did you end up playing for a high school team in Pennsylvania, even though you were a homeschooler in Delaware? So because the hockey is not a super, especially girls hockey, isn't a super popular sport in this area, it's hard for teams to find enough players with experience to make teams in the area. So um, Pennsylvania, we had, I guess, I don't even remember how they asked us, but somehow someone contacted us saying that they were in desperate need of a goalie, and I'm a goalie, so they said that they're allowed two out-of-district players or two or three um, a year because a lot of times otherwise teams won't have enough players, and that's only if your school doesn't have a team. So they figured if give you a chance to play, and then they can kind of keep the teams uh, more competitive. So right there, if you have um, homeschool high school athletes who are – trying to find creative ways to make it happen there's there's room for that in mm-hmm. the world right mm-hmm. absolutely i look around ask around skate around <laughs> <laughs> good deal all right so you were homeschooled from the very beginning or were you ever in traditional public um i did kindergarten in kindergarten. public school okay. and after that because my older siblings were homeschooled we just kind of went with that okay So what do you feel like, when you look back, especially at your high school experience, what do you feel like um, in homeschooling high school prepared you well for college? What do you feel like if you could jump in a time machine and go back and change to make it better preparation? What would, Mm -hmm. like... Um, I guess I'll just start out with, like, some things that I felt like I wasn't as prepared for and then things that I felt like were really strong. Um, I think, like, my uh, core, like, more of my, like, um what's the word like traditional um standardized things like testing and stuff I didn't feel especially mostly just the SAT I didn't feel like I had enough um preparation a lot of public schools and private schools have SAT prep from the age of like Mm. 14 15 and I felt like very very unprepared for that and I'm already a bad test taker (laughs) so that was like the worst, my worst nightmare in high school, and is kind of flashing back up now with the juries. So oh, okay. definitely the, te- the like the really formal test taking um, thing, I think is probably the biggest one. And by the way, that's an important thing for moms to note, especially if you're new to homeschooling high school. There is such a thing as I'm not a very good test taker. 
I'm really bright. I'm really hardworking. I'm a good student. I'm not a good test taker. Mm-hmm. And that that's a thing that you can't just dismiss. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe that's new for some of the people who are listening. But that's a that's a good thing to hear because Kendall is certainly walking proof of going on to be quite successful in higher academics and still saying, yeah, test taking is really hard for me. Yeah. yeah. And some colleges recognize that and some not mm-hmm. so much, right? Yeah. yeah. Like in actual like classwork, I'm doing very well in my test just because it's a contacts. I've been learning about it recently. Um, but once you get like the standardized exams over stuff you learned three years ago, not. Mm-hmm. And then everyone emphasizes that the SAT and the GRE are not they emphasize that they are not a value of your intelligence. It's about how well you can take an exam. And mm-hmm. when exams are not something you do well, it's kind of just like more confusing because you're, it's kind of judging where you can get into college. So it feels like it's you're judging your intelligence, but mm. really it's just judging your ability to work into a system. Mm-hmm. That's really wise. I wrote an essay about it in high school. I, I, I was just remembering that essay. If we can find that essay and Kendall is willing, I think we should put that up somewhere because yeah, it would probably be a real really, help. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then what were the things that were good preparation for you? Um, I liked the outside the box thinking a lot. Um, more like I guess hands on and this was kinda like more younger and then kinda like just stemmed into uh, as I got in high school too. Just like the ability, one, to have flexibility, and two, that a lot of people were like, oh, it's so lucky you don't have to go into school every day, but because you had the ability to procrastinate three days of work, and then (laughs) Uh. realize that it's, you know, you're pulling an all-nighter for a chem class, but you have, you know, six, you know, worksheets for it and stuff, um, I think it really was kind of like a little, like, snippet of what college is kind of like, because... You've got, you know, your Monday, Wednesdays, and then you've got your Tuesday, Thursdays, or whatever it is. And so it's very easy when you have that time to kind of get a little behind. Whereas, uh, I think traditional high school more, because you go every single day, you may have a little bit of work in between, but it's more about going and not as much, like, Mm. taking that responsibility on your own. Um, So I think especially with, like you said, the traveling for hockey and all, I did not have, I had to figure out very, very quickly how to time manage because otherwise it was hurting myself on a Sunday night after I got back from a game and didn't get back till 8.30 and then realized I had a ton of work to do. Mm. So that, although it took me a little while to learn in high school, um, it definitely, I was already like very equipped to handle college and being an athlete in college by the time I got there because of kind of like already having a very similar situation in high school. Very good. Very good. So did you ever fail when you were in high school at your time management? Did you ever, like, have to crunch? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, So your mother didn't always just stay on top of it to make sure that you were managing your time well? Oh, no. No offense. None taken. Uh, Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Kim has just been thrown under the bus by her daughter. throws herself (laughs) under the bus in these podcasts, so not Uh, so bad. My mom is extremely um, evident ADD, and so... (laughs) She has a lot of things that she volunteers her time to do, and so I figured out kind of pretty young that I had to be very uh, self-disciplined when it came to my work because <clears throat> although it sounds fun when all your friends' parents are super strict and making them do a 1,000 hours of school a week, <sighs> and you're like, oh, yeah, my mom doesn't really, like, stay on me about it too much. I learned very quickly that it probably wasn't always the best thing because then I feel like I was behind, but then mm-hmm. I realized I just had to kind of, like, do it myself after a while because... My older sister was sick in high school and stuff a lot. So because it was 
mostly focus on her getting through high school because of all her sicknesses, it was, like, very easy to kind of get put on the back burner. So it was just kind of, like, you can kind of, like, slide by right now, but you're going to hate yourself in two years when (laughs) you realize you should have kind of been way more on top of it. So once I hit high school, that's why I tried to make all of my classes through Mount Sophia because it was much easier to keep myself on track because I had people to be accountable to. Because I don't like going into class without my homework done or my, you know, without studying and all that type of stuff. So when I have somewhere to go, a class to be in and a teacher to have, it makes me a lot more, I like pretty like kind of a great grepper when it comes to that type of stuff. So it made me a lot more accountable, which is why I liked kind of the school that I ended up going to. Good, good. Yeah, and for people who aren't aware, Mount Sophia gets referred to frequently here on the podcast, but if you're newer to us, Mount Sophia is our local, um, it has lots of names, umbrella school, day school, hybrid school, diploma program. (laughs) It is, um, you know, like a co-op on steroids, kind of. Yes, there you go. Yeah, so um, we had the chance to include our our kids in classes that met once or twice a week. And um, sometimes those were three-person classes, and sometimes they were 23-person classes, mm-hmm. just depending on who in our area was doing what each year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it provided a, a, a nice mixed mm-hmm. set of opportunities for our high schoolers so mm-hmm. that they were doing some things independently at home, and they were doing some things in small classes and some things in bigger classes. Mm-hmm. And it grew from a co-op in Marilyn and yes. Vicky's living room. That's right. And, That's and right. as now recognized as a non-public school in our state. Yep. It's kind of crazy. And there are colleges that actively recruit yes. those students who are, you know, homeschool weirdos, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what we all are. We're weirdos, every one of us. Absolutely. Whether we homeschool or not, that's the human condition. Absolutely. Yeah. For the good and the bad, I think that only probably about a couple people um, that I go to college with currently that I didn't know before college know that I was homeschooled because to me one I didn't really feel that homeschooled because I was so out there and involved Mm. um but also I kind of take it as a compliment because there are like negative connotations about it and if someone just sees you as anybody else then it means that they that you were properly prepared and that you have those skills that you needed and it doesn't matter where you went to school. So cool. you stereotype buster you. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so did you, um, did you go away to school? Did you live at home? Did you live on campus? Did you do dorms? Did you, what was your um, campus life like for undergrad? So my first two years I did something called the Associates in the Arts program through UD, which a lot of people don't know about, but it's actually, um, I, I have mixed feelings about the program in general. Uh, I was very unhappy to go to it in the beginning because, like I said, I'm a bad test taker, and I believe the only reason I was put on the campus is because of my SAT scores. Um, the rest of my re- like uh, transcripts and everything I thought was very strong for college, and I thought I had everything colleges wanted, but colleges valued. And this was before they switched the SAT, too, because um, I know it's different now. Um, but, again, I just, like, what, like, just could not handle the SAT, and they see... A test grade versus four years of college are um, high school classes and they just kind of judge it on that so it was honestly probably a blessing in disguise because going to that program if you get the seed scholarship but you're still a UD student so you I went to those classes in Wilmington for two years for free like completely free um, got all my gen eds out of the way it definitely works better if you're someone that is in the um, arts and sciences college because you need all of those requirements anyway it's mm. a little bit harder if you're trying to go in a science or a business field or something like that because a lot of your core classes don't as much transfer over but it works you know in the end pretty well because I came out of those first two years not having paid you know any money mm. and the best part for me was 
Um, I basically told everyone, a lot of people, again, didn't even know I was on that campus because to them, like, if they didn't have a class with me, they wouldn't know any better that I wasn't on their campus during the day. So I would basically take my classes there and then I would basically be on main campus at UD the rest of the time, my, my week, because I had hockey there. I had my friends from hockey. I made friends through those friends. I got involved basically with essentially as much as I could. So the only thing different about me ended up being that I took classes in Wilmington and I slept at my own, you know, house. Uh (laughs) But in between that, like, I think towards the end of my sophomore year, I was never home because I got a job on campus at the Creamery. Uh, I joined hockey. I joined a service fraternity on campus. So if you want to do something like that, but you want to be involved, there's absolutely opportunity. But it's really taught me that you have to be self-seeking because no one's just going to, like, baby you and, like, hand it to you. You have to go out and find what you want. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't want to sit around and waste my first years of college feeling like I missed out on stuff. So I decided that going out and looking for these things and meeting people was the best way to kind of, like, make my college experience what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So now it's great because now I just have two years of in-state tuition through Delaware, and I'm living in an apartment now with my sister and actually someone we went to Mount Sophia with, Caroline. Um, and it's been great because it was a nice transition to have those first two years of college, you know, not everything changing. Mm. And then now last year I lived in an apartment, and then this year I live in a different apartment, so... Very good. So you're getting lots and lots of varied life experience mm-hmm. all mixed in there. And uh, that's that's awesome. So, okay, so you're now looking at grad schools. Yeah. What's that process like for you? Scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I still feel like I should be like a sophomore, although I've like been here for a while. I still do not feel like ready in a way to take on the real world because I still feel like I'm young. Um, but, you know, from luckily from the start of college, pretty much I've kind of known the area that I wanted to go into. I know that I wanted to do something psychology-based. Um, and then Mrs. T uh, had mentioned something called sports psychology, and I looked more into it. And because I've always loved sports, I've always loved psychology, it really kind of caught my eye. So I've been doing research all throughout college on what types of programs there are out there, what they require in a student, kind of ways to kind of base my college experience around kind of my future in that. And so... Um, I joined a, or I applied to a research lab in the spring to try to get myself some, like, lab experience because it's hard to get, like, internships and stuff with psychology, so, like, kind of the only way to get some stuff on your resume is to work in a research lab doing, uh, as a research assistant, uh, and kind of, like, like a snippet, like, if you don't have any sort of experience like that, it's very hard to get into, like, a graduate school or something after that, like, you need some sort of psych experience. Um, and so I found one called the Close Relationships and Health Lab, which sounded great because I have the social minor and the health and wellness minor. So it was right. kind of like sounded kind of perfect for me. Um, and they accepted me. And then they also suggested they're like, well, we have this summer scholars program at UD where you can work full time during the summer, get a paid stipend. And it just kind of like really throws you in there. So I'm like, you know, that sounds great. It sounds like I could learn a lot. So I applied to that and I got it. Um, and it was a lot because it's my first kind of like, I would say, real person job where I have to get up every single day <laughs> and have the same job. kind okay. of hours because I'm used to kind of like crazy different hours. But it was really nice because I, you know, got to like throw in there a little bit where I didn't feel like I was always really prepared. But I was in, you know, in charge of several projects. I was running a study. And through the whole thing, I had my own kind of research question that I was looking through that study. 
Uh, and then I was able to present a poster at um, a local symposium that UD's undergraduate research program hosts um, and like present that to people there. So that was like kind of like weird, but like pretty fun. At Fantastic. The end. Yeah. yeah um, learned how to do some scary things, right? Did yeah. You do like some blood draws or something? Oh, yeah. I got to do blood draws. <laughs> I didn't have to stick anybody, but I got to like put tubes and stuff. Um, <laughs> um, but I think that. And then I started looking more at grad school, so we just went toward the University of Denver and Springfield College and are about to school uh, toward the Adler School of, um, of Psychology in Chicago. And I really like Denver and Springfield both, and I'm really excited to try to apply to those programs. Um, I think that the, if I could, like, say advice for anybody yeah, like, from the start to the end of college is that no one is kind of going to do anything for you. Obviously, you have people to help you in your experience along the way, but, like, no, and you've got those resources, you've got career centers, you've got advisors and stuff, but you really have to go out of your way to do the research on your own. Like, sports psychology was kind of a weird field because it was kind of new and it's not super well expressed and articulated or it's different at different programs. Hmm. So I just, like, started with Google, just, like, Googling that, and I found a big association that is, like, the top-notch, like, everyone that is anybody in that field is a part of, and I became a student member of that. Um, then I found that they have a graduate program directory. I found that and I was like just researching programs over and over because most of them actually aren't what I want because most of them are kinesiology based and I want psychology based. And if I didn't do my research, I wouldn't have known that. And I probably would have ended up applying to a bunch of programs that are not what I want at all. Um, so it's like really, really important to do your research on something if you think it's what you want, because the last thing you want to do is get somewhere and figure out it's not what you want at all. Um, and that's just kind of been my experience all through college and looking at grad schools is like you have to put in the work, obviously have people help you on along the way when they can, but no one else is going to like just find all of it for you. You really have to go out of right. your way to look for it. And that's good life uh, advice, whether you're looking at the military or career, yeah. college, grad school, whatever. It's yeah. scary, yeah. but like putting yourself out there, just contacting people. I do not like talking on the phone or emailing people I don't know like at all but (laughs) but I like I said was just googling and found people on this you know uh, it's called like the Association of Applied Sports Psychology and I was finding basically who's who are big names in that association where did they go to school and Mm. so then I could find okay they went to this school which means they have to have had a program so then I would look at that program uh and then I would just start emailing random people that like looked like they were doing something like what I want to do at least what I think I want to do and I would and if they answer back they were like yeah of course like we'll set up a time to chat so there was like I think four or five different people that I was able to call, talk for like an hour on the phone, ask them their experience of what their education was like. Did they like their program? How did they get to where they are? What do they like about the mm. field? And it is really helpful because when you don't know any sports psychologist, you really need to get that word of mouth experience to know, is this something you could see yourself in? Right. Is this something that I really want to like, you know, go on the long haul for? Because if I have to work to my PhD or my PsyD, like I'm, I might have to. So it's important to know from the start, like, is that something you want to do? Right. Um, and, it, you know, what programs are you looking for? What did they like about their programs? And most of the people that I talked to that went to Springfield and Denver both were just like, you just can't beat the amount of hands-on applied work that they allow you to get. And that's exactly, I think, what I want because you're able to work one-on-one with athletes, with teams at the university and locally. 
And if you don't kind of get that option, do that applied experience work, I think it'd be pretty hard to believe that I would feel confident and ready to go out into the field after that Mm -hmm. if I didn't have that. So we recently had an episode on the podcast where we talked with my daughter, Becca, who's a friend of yours. And um, she talked about this whole idea of fit Mm -hmm. that when she was looking at education, she was she was thinking in one direction and then she ended up Mm -hmm. doing some volunteering and stuff and making Mm -hmm. those kind of connections and realizing that's a great field and I would do well in it Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't really be that happy there. Mm -hmm. So let's shift it to over here because Mm -hmm. this is where, and fit is, is worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. And instead of as homeschool moms, instead of us worrying about whether our kids are going to ever find a place in the world, we should be, we should be encouraging them to like Kendall's talking about here to, to reach out and research and make those connections to to uncover not just a place in the world but a good fitting place. Mm-hmm. That's the, the biggest difference I've noticed from graduate school from undergrad is when you're applying to undergrad schools, they get thousands of applicants. You're just trying to make yourself seem good enough to go there, and it's not about them being good for you. It's about you being good enough for them. Mm. Um, and when you're like a small you know fish in a big pond, you just feel like. All they see are my test scores, this, you know, random essay that they might look at kind of only if they really need to and a couple like, you know, what sports do you play at or something in high school. But graduate school, you know, it's really about like, like I said, you don't want to go somewhere that isn't going to take you where you want to go. So it's much more about not only like, do they seem good for you, but like, are they like are you good for them too? Like, are you the type of person that would excel in that type of environment? Is that what you want? Because if it's not what you want, you shouldn't go there just because you get in, Um, which is definitely what I've learned and has been really exciting. And all the people that I talked to, like I said on the phone, they were like, we're very impressed that like you're going out of your way to talking to us because I was like, yeah, I really just found you in the directory. And they're like, wow, that's very like, you know, important. intentional. Yeah. 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 And everyone I've talked to since then is like, this field is all about, networking and putting yourself out there and like just like talking to people they'll remember your face next time you remember like oh I talked to that person they work there I'm looking for you know an opportunity there or um you know I've talked to multiple alumni from both schools that and I was like oh yeah I was able to talk about talking with those people when I met with those schools so you know they can see that I'm very intentional and educated on what I'm getting into and not just kind of like throwing myself in blindly not knowing what I really want um, which I think, and that one thing that Mount Sophia really, really, really emphasized to me, especially Mrs. T, is network. Well, I called it sucking up at the time, but she's like, <laughs> she would say, no, no, it's networking. And that was like, I think one of the most helpful things is that my teachers were my friend's parents and my mom. And so it was very easy to talk to teachers mm. because they were comfortable and I knew they wanted to help me. And a lot of times you get to college and you might see someone that will go through their entire college experience and never talk to a professor if they don't have to type of situation. Okay. And I just think that whenever you have an opportunity to have a conversation with someone or make yourself known to someone or, you know, just like I said, just something small, it can go a long way because maybe and not to do it just for like reference letters or something like that, but it's it's about the people you know. They're going to help you get to where you want to go. And if they remember that you talked in class, you were engaged, you came up to their office hours a couple of times, mm-hmm. you asked them questions after class, like just something to show someone that you care about your own education. Because the professors, if you have, if they have 200 students, they don't care. Like if you don't care, they don't care. They're like, I'm going to sit up here and lecture. If you care, 
cool, you know, but if you don't care, that's not my problem. You're, you're spending your money to come here. Right. So I think mm-hmm. teachers really appreciate when they can see that you care at all about your education. And that can go a long way. Just like going up and introducing yourself, which I always try to do. I didn't have too many huge lectures. Um, and I think that was kind of cool that like I had small classes in high school and for the most part, I have small classes now in college. So um, definitely just like put yourself out there. Like the worst that can happen is you have like an awkward interaction with someone. But usually like if it's not going anywhere, you just like you leave. Right. <laughs> the best thing that can happen is like I've had, you know, 20 minute conversations about nonverbals with a professor after class one time because I didn't want to be that kid just talking about it in class and annoying everyone, but I was very interested in it. So I came up and gave my thought on something, and then you could tell he was really passionate about it. So he started talking about how it leads into something else, and we actually, like, my sister was, like, calling me. She's like, where are you? (laughs) She was there to pick me up because it was a night class, and me and this guy were literally just talking about nonverbals for, like, 20 minutes, and it's one of those things that he'll remember me, and it's not because I was just trying to go up just so he can be like, Oh yeah, that person like right. It wasn't myself. sucking up. It was actually networking. No, I would generally could have yeah. talked about genuine. it for an hour. Yeah, it was genuine, and that's the that's the difference. Yeah. So really, what we're hearing, and we'll we'll wrap up with this because this is a good thing to go out on, is the things that create the most um, academic success in college seem to be the things that also create life success because mm-hmm. it's about yourself and about people and about connecting with people and about being intentional and about taking ownership and responsibility mm-hmm. and doing your research and your homework and sometimes taking risks because mm. you have to make the first move sometimes to Putting make something happen. Putting yourself out there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully for those of you who are listening who have um, homeschool high schoolers who maybe find those kinds of things difficult, um, we hope that, that today's episode and Kendall sharing her experience encourages you to, to start small and to start young and, and to stretch those, um, those practices of, of having to put yourself out there and having to make the first move and taking ownership and doing your research um, because it is going to pay off in really big ways. Uh, as you move on in life after high school graduation. And Kim and I, who are a little bit older than Kendall, would agree that even after college graduation or grad school or anything else, it's just going to be helpful in life, period. We, we need those kind of skills, and we need, to, um, we need to help our kids begin equipping themselves that way when they're 13 and 14 so that, um, so that it becomes natural and easier. Maybe not easy, but easier, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm later in life. So Kendall, thank you very much for carving time out of a very busy life to uh, share your experience with other homeschoolers. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All right. So please join us next time on the Homeschool High School podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.